0: Hello, and welcome back to Mental Health Spot. This is Oli speaking. Happy to be here once again. Loving this podcast life. Loving everything about it. Loving the fact that so many people are tuning in. Warms my heart. Means the world to me. Thank you so much for hearing me out. And a special, special, special shout out to all of my guests that have come on so far crystal valerie and of course the ever controversial fernando we love him though um i appreciate the three of you so much and i look forward to bringing on so many more people from different walks of life to talk about different topics so thank you fernando you know i love you thank you valerie thank you crystal thank you girls and i'm just i'm just grateful my heart is full really is so with that as usual my disclaimer if you are under the age of 18 please consult with your parent or guardian before continuing to tune in to my podcast episodes <sighs> um so this episode is going to be just me sorry y'all no fernando No Crystal, no Valerie this time. Um, No new guests. Just me. Um, This is going to be quite possibly one of the most difficult episodes, if not the most difficult, I've ever recorded. And I've gone back and forth in my head about it. Should I talk about it? Should I not talk about it? Would it be putting my family on blast if I talk about it? And I've had several people say, you should totally do it. You should talk about it. And I've had other people say, no, Oli, don't do it. You're going to be putting your family on blast. Um, and, And I think you guys, especially the ones that have been listening to my podcasts religiously since the beginning episode... You've heard me touch on my family issues a little bit. You've heard me talk about my father a little bit. I haven't really delved into it, but I have mentioned it. So it's not something that's going to catch anyone off guard completely. Um, But I have stated in previous podcast episodes that out of respect for my family, I didn't want to really dive into an in-depth explanation about my feelings related to my childhood. But I thought about it and I thought about it and I feel strongly that in order for me to really heal or continue to heal because I've been healing In a lot of different ways. In other ways, not so much. But in order for me to continue the healing process, I feel like I need to just put this out there. And I really feel like I'm going to help someone else. That maybe feels like they're alone in their journey. As it relates to their family. And... So, I'm gonna try to talk about this with as much compassion for my father as possible. Even though compassion is not what I'm feeling in my heart for him right now, on this very day. It's what I feel for him most of the time. But right now, on this very day, it's not what I'm feeling. What I'm feeling is resentment, it's anger, it's hurt, it's betrayal. So, Olivia Lima, no middle name, born in Miami, Florida, to two Cuban parents. My father right now is 81 years old. My mother is 70. They are 11 years apart. They met here in Miami, so they did not meet in Cuba. They came here at different times in their lives, and they met here. My dad was married before he met my mom. And he had two children in that marriage. Before that marriage, he had a child with a woman out of wedlock. That's my sister, Mercedes. She lives in Cuba. I've never met her, ever. Um, I know she's a lot older than me. She must be... 60? I want to say. 61? I'm not entirely sure. But I've never met her. I've seen her photos, and she looks the most like my dad out of all his kids. Um... Then my dad was married to a lady before he met my mom. He had two daughters, um, whose names I will not say because they do live in the United States and, you know, just to protect their identity, they don't need to be named right now. Um, but my sister Mercedes, I mean, I doubt she's going to have access to my podcast in Cuba. I mean, you never know, right? It could happen. Um... Anyway, um, two daughters in that marriage, one of my sisters is 57 and the other one is exactly 20 years older than me. So she must be about 52 because I'm 32. So then, you know, my dad and my mom, they had a little bit of a tumultuous relationship. Um, so my dad ended up divorcing the lady that was the mother of his two daughters and marrying another lady who he did not have children with. And then he married my mother. Excuse me. So then when he married my mom... My mom had a lot of fertility issues, Um, she didn't think she could conceive, and so she got pregnant about two years before I came along. It was a boy she miscarried, would have been my dad's only boy, because he's only ever made girls, and uh, December 7th, 1986, I came knocking. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people say like, wow, your parents are still together after all these years. That's amazing. And I can't tell you how many times I've thought to myself... I wish that wasn't the case. I wish they would have divorced. But before I go there, just a little bit of background. My mom, to the better of my knowledge, had a pretty decent childhood. She has a brother and a sister who she has a healthy relationship with. Um, My mom's father, my grandfather, who passed away many years ago, and my grandmother who also passed away. They were pretty regular, run-of-the-mill parents. Um, They were not abusive. They were not cruel to my mom. My mom had a pretty normal childhood. As a matter of fact, she says that she never, ever heard her parents argue, even though she knew they had their issues. And I also feel like that's not necessarily healthy either to never hear a couple argue. I feel like it's healthy to hear your parents argue as long as they're working through the issue, like working through the conflict in a constructive manner. You should be modeling conflict resolution skills for your children, but that's going to be for another podcast. This one's going to be long. I already feel it. So... My mom had a regular childhood. My father did not. My father came into the picture and... My grandfather left... I believe... Left my grandmother... For another woman or he was cheating. You know what? He was cheating with other women. Several women. And my grandmother got sick of his crap and was like, you gotta go. But that meant that him leaving meant that there were a lot of financial struggles and hardships. So she couldn't feed all of her children. She couldn't care for all of her children. She had three kids. One of them named Olivia, who I was named after. And she died way, 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 way before I was born. And Um, I wish I would have had the opportunity to meet her and it was my dad and then another sibling. So she couldn't, she basically couldn't take care of all three kids after my dad's father left, who I never met as well. I never had an opportunity to meet him. He passed away in Cuba. I met three of my four grandparents. Um, so, So my dad and one of his sisters, not Olivia, Olivia stayed behind, ended up going to live with my grandmother's brothers because she couldn't afford to take care of them anymore. And in the time that they were living there. My dad was beaten. He was abused mentally, verbally, physically every single day. Um, and these are things that he never got help for because, you know, back in those days, mental health was, you know, mental health issues were, were taboo to even discuss. People were demonized. People were said to be crazy And so it was just something that wasn't going on back then. Like it is now where it's a conversation now. People are talking about it now. People are getting the help they need now. So my dad never got the help he needed. And so I want to make sure that um, people understand. That I understand that hurt people hurt people until someone's brave enough to break the cycle. So I was born and I was always daddy's little girl. My God. I wanted nothing to do with my mom. Nothing to do with her. It was all about my dad. It was all about hanging out with him. I would do everything with him. We would play together We would go to the park. We would do things together. He would carry me all the time. I would lay in bed with him and listen to music. Um, I'm pretty sure that's why I love music as much as I do. Yeah, I wanted nothing to do with my mom. I mean, sorry, mom. But yeah, it was all about dad, team dad. When I would draw for them, like, I would draw them pictures in school, I would draw a star for her, and I would always draw a heart for him. So I definitely was very much attached to my father. Um, He was, like, my best friend. And so... I remember my first spanking like it was yesterday, even though it was just... It was a normal thing. It was a normal situation. I wouldn't say this was a bad situation necessarily, but I remember I was three and I bit my grandmother. Sorry, Grandma. May God rest your soul wherever you are. I didn't, I didn't mean to hurt you. I bit her and my dad spanked me really hard. And I remember being terrified and freaking out about that. I remember that moment, like it was yesterday. I remember I peed my pants because of how scared I was of him. And my grandmother even got angry with him and was like, why would you spank her for that? I remember that. There was no conversation, no dialogue with me about you shouldn't bite people. Yeah. You know, he just went straight to the spanking. Whatever. That's the least of my concerns, and it will be the least of yours by the time I'm done with this episode. One of my earliest memories of my dad being abusive toward me was... When I was about eight years old, I was at a family party and there were kids bothering me, like bullying me, you know, teasing me. And I've always been very sensitive to my detriment. Uh, well, you know what? It's a blessing and a curse. Um, Let me take a water break. We keep it real in these streets. Okay. Um, So they were bullying me, they were teasing me, and I was crying. And I went over to my dad and I was like, what do I do? They're bothering me, they're bothering me. You know, I turned to my protector to report an issue. He gets up, he turns me around, he spanks me, and he says... Now you have a real reason to cry. And so I go over that moment in my head a lot because I'm just like, what part of that made any sense? What part of that was rational? Like, isn't it rational if your child is reporting to you? a conflict among her peers that you go with her and you say what's going on here and what can we do to work through this issue together. Um that's not what happened for me. And it sent me the message early on that my feelings were not valid, that I did not have a right To feel sad. That I did not have a right to feel these emotions. That I did not have a right to express them. Mind you, I grew up an only child. I am my mother's only child. Like I stated earlier, my dad has children with other women. Um, My sisters and I, we have very minimal contact They have nothing against me personally, but they would just rather not be exposed to my dad and his toxicity, his negativity, his temperament, his manipulative tactics. And because I'm still very much involved with both my parents, it's hard for them to embark in a relationship with me. Even though they do not blame me for anything because they know I'm not at fault. And growing up an only child was tough. It was tough. I had no one to share the burden with. I had no one to look at to say oh my God, dad's being crazy. There was no one I could do that with. And that really, really took a toll. I had cousins that I was raised with um, that are wonderful. But it's not the same as having someone grow up with you in your home where you can connect in that way. I've never seen my dad treat my mom well. I've never seen him hold her hand. I've never seen him or heard him tell her that she's beautiful. I think the only time I saw my dad become emotional about my mom was when she was dying in 2014 because of a COPD exacerbation. She was intubated. And she was near death. Barring that... There have never been any kind words for my mom. He has called her a slut. He has called her... Hija de puta. Which, I mean... Not really sure how to translate that. Kind of like son of a bitch, daughter of a bitch would be more appropriate. He has called her every mean thing that you could possibly think of to say to another human being. I want you to think about it. I want you to really think about every single mean thing that you could say about someone's appearance, about someone's personality. Straight to wishing them death. Straight to neglecting them. My mom... Is handicapped. She needs assistance 24 7. And there have been moments where my dad, out of anger, will refuse to take care of her. He snaps out of it pretty quickly because he knows better and he knows that she needs help and she needs care. But he'll neglect to. To meet her needs in a given moment um this is really hard for me to talk about i may change my mind at the end of this and decide not to upload this not to publish this i might i might not Just think of every mean thing, and he has said it to her. I've seen him point a gun at her. Apparently he did it before I was born, which I came to find this out a couple of months ago. But I remember one specific incident where he pointed a gun at her and I was running away. And I ran away to my aunt's house. I must have been about 14. Um, I remember being 15 years old and he caught me kissing my boyfriend at the time. And as soon as my boyfriend left, he was so angry at me for kissing him. He grabbed my head and started to bang it against the wall. My mom had to intervene. She got in the middle. If she hadn't intervened, it would have been... It would have been bad. So instead of having a conversation with me and saying, you know, do you have any questions or concerns about sex that you want to discuss with me, that was what happened. Um... I can't tell you how many times he has gone off on me in front of mixed company, in front of friends, family members. So many people have seen how he's treated me and my mom. Um. I remember once, I was 16, I got home from a party and I was with a friend who was spending the night and um, I came in through the door and he started screaming at me immediately, calling me names, name after name after name, because he said that I broke the CD player. And I said I didn't break the CD player. What are you talking about? And he just kept calling me names. And my friend, I remember she felt so bad for me, and she was like, "You need to do something. Why don't you? Why don't you call Children and Family Services to see what they can do?" And so. I did just thought. Um, all in front of my friend. My friend tried to defend me at one point and he ate her alive. It was so bad. That was actually a notification. <laughs> that was actually a notification from a friend. Um, sorry about that. You guys know how it is. No editing. So, um, so I remember I called children and family. They came the next day and my dad can be very charming when he wants to be. So he turned on the charm and the guy pretty much pulled me outside and was like, I don't really see a problem here other than a normal Cuban dad with a Cuban dad temper. So that just made me feel even more alone and isolated. I do remember starting to see a therapist at the age of 13. And at 14, I started taking medication for depression. And my psychiatrist tried to conduct a family session once with me, my mom, and my dad. And she called my dad out on all of his BS. It was wonderful. It was one of the most validating experiences of my entire life. And he never went back. <laughs> um, my dad's the type of person that... He'll use your vulnerabilities and your weaknesses against you to hurt you. In a given moment. I remember when I was 14 and he would have this just bout of aggression toward me for no apparent reason and I would respond and say I didn't do anything wrong he would say you should have defended yourself with those kids who bullied you when you were in school like he would throw that in my face Cause he knew it was a point of pain for me, um, and he'll still he'll still do things like that. Um. The point is that I've never seen examples of a healthy, loving, romantic relationship in this house. I've never seen examples of healthy communication skills displayed in this house. I live with my mom and my dad currently because my mom is severely handicapped and I'm afraid to leave her by herself. I know that at some point I need to, but put yourself in my shoes. Would you leave your mom behind if your dad treated her that way and was constantly yelling at her, screaming at her, degrading her, threatening not to take care of her or her needs? Would you? Um, it's been difficult and I believe that I became a therapist largely to make sense of my own life and to make sense of my dad. My dad is bipolar and my dad exhibits a lot of borderline personality disorder traits My dad is severely mentally ill It's not even it's not even rational to try to make sense of it because there's no making sense of it My dad's the type of person that will get triggered by the most minimal things. I remember once he got upset with my mom because she gave him water and it was warm. And that led to World War III. I remember, you know, him getting upset with me about the CD player. Or he'll get upset with me. Like, let's say I'm in the bathroom and I have the light on. And I quickly go to my room to like grab a pair of PJs. He'll get upset with me that I left the light on in the bathroom. But it's not just he'll get upset with me. It's he'll become increasingly aggressive and violent. And there's no talking him down. And then the best part is that once he's done berating you then he says he did nothing wrong and that you're the one that made him do it this is very hard for me to talk about because I do love my father I have always loved my father And in becoming a therapist, I can definitely see now more than ever that he is severely mentally ill. But that doesn't change the pain that I feel inside. It doesn't make anything any better knowing that. I thought it would, but it doesn't. There's a part of me that knows and understands that I've been an exceptional daughter, a loving, nurturing, caring daughter, a daughter that's been present, involved, a daughter that against all odds, became a good person and made something of herself, A daughter that figured out how to communicate. I don't even know how through watching Full House. I don't even know how I learned how to communicate the way that I do. And I've always been this way. And like I've said before, my training has only enhanced my existing communication skills. But I've always had them. I've always been loving, nurturing, understanding, empathetic, non-judgmental. I've always seen the very best in people. I don't know how I'm like this, to be honest. I don't know how I'm not bitter and angry and... just a mean-spirited person. I completely just rejected my environment. And... As far back as I can remember, I've always been a soft-hearted, caring person. I never gave my parents any kind of issues or headaches. Then there's this part of me that's like, if he treated me like that, and he's told me that I deserve to be treated like that. It must mean that I deserve it. And that's the part that I wrestle with so much. I want to say that in spite of everything that I have reported to you all here today, my dad is not a bad person. I'm not making excuses for him. It's true. He has a good heart. But. He does bad things. And the bad things that he does. And says. Can sometimes outweigh. His good heartedness can often outweigh his good-heartedness. And I'm at the point where I'm just tired of making excuses for him and just saying to myself, oh, he's borderline, he's bipolar, he's mentally ill. Enough is enough. I'm tired of having to recover from incident after incident with him. No man has ever made me cry the way that my father has made me cry. Not my first love and not in my current relationship where I've become very emotional at different times. My dad wins the contest, assuming there was one. And I know so many people, including my sisters, but besides my sisters, that have cut off their parents or their siblings or any other family member that they feel is toxic to them. So many people that do this, and I just can't bring myself to do that. I just feel like I would feel so much guilt because the day that he passes, I feel like I'm going to regret it. I'm going to regret having cut him off. But honestly, guys, I need to be honest with you. Having him actively in my life is not good for my mental stability. I remember being a little girl, and I remember my mom. After he would have one of his episodes toward me, she would say to me, go apologize to him. Go tell him you're sorry. Not knowing that that very behavior, not knowing that that very behavior that she was having me do would forever hurt me. Because I can't tell you how often I apologize when I'm not even supposed to, when I don't even need to. I can't tell you how much misplaced guilt I carry. And how burdensome that is. So I would go and I would apologize and I would try to make amends with him. And that's pretty much what it's been like my whole life. He'll have the outburst and I'll go and I'll reach out and I'll I'll try to make it better. I'll try to... Basically... Create an ice cream cone with sprinkles and syrup and candy out of absolute shit. I wanted to share this because if you have a toxic family member, whether it's your mother, your father, a sister, a brother, a cousin, an aunt, an uncle, it doesn't matter who it is. I just want you to know that you're not alone, that I'm here with you in this journey. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen Facebook or just even spent time with my own circle of friends and observed their families and felt a hint of sadness inside because there's so much dysfunction in my home. And it makes you think, am I the only one that goes through this? And more and more people have been talking about it with me and sharing their stories with me. And I'm starting to realize more and more that, no, I'm not the only one. A lot of people have toxic parents. It's sad, but it's true. And... I think that's why, for me, I have put so much emphasis in creating my own family. My family of friends. I've put so much love, effort, and just emphasis on that because... My caregivers failed me, my father failed me in every single way, and my mother failed me because she never removed me from the environment. And she tried to force me to adopt to it and to be okay with it. So that's why I have this beautiful large circle of friends that I love, who love me. I've cultivated those relationships, and I take pride in knowing that my relationships with people are healthy, they're solid, they're strong, they're meaningful. This toxicity and negativity did not define me. It did not stop me from creating meaningful bonds with other people. It did not stop me from getting a master's degree and becoming an amazing therapist to my clients who look up to me. It did not stop me from being an exceptional human being, from treating others with love, with kindness, with empathy. did not stop me from being close to my other family members, to my friends. It did not stop me from developing wonderful communication abilities that most people in my shoes would never have been able to come up with. It didn't stop me from beating the odds and um, there's been so many times where I've wanted to give up because it hurts because you always need your parents no matter how old you are but I've made it this far for a reason And I chose this career path for a reason because I wanted to be that person for people that I never had. I wanted to be that voice for people, that assertive, strong voice that I never had. I never had that voice telling me, it's not your fault, Olivia. You did nothing wrong. I remember one of my clients telling me a story she's 11 and she said oh this kid was bullying me but I didn't want to tell the teacher because I didn't want to get him in trouble and I said to her but you wouldn't be getting him in trouble he'd be getting himself in trouble because he's the one bullying you you telling the teacher is you protecting yourself I'm done protecting other people. I have to protect myself. And I'm constantly wrestling with. Feeling like I'm not enough. Because he's put that in me. In my head. To feeling like. He wasn't enough. And therefore made me feel like I wasn't. But he wasn't. There's this song. That. um, <clears throat> I heard. Just to start wrapping up. The podcast. Um, I heard it on the retreat I went on the Emmaus retreat that I talked about a couple of episodes ago and um, it's a really it's a really beautiful song and it really resonates with me and I want to I want to share it with you let me drink some water if I'm going to try to sing this And you know, the part that sucks, too, is that oftentimes the way your parents treat you kind of sets the stage for how other people in your life treat you and what you are willing to tolerate from others. I've learned that the hard way. Water break.
1: see.
0: No matter what happens, I'm always going to love my dad. I'm always going to remember him as the man who played music for me. And watch scary movies with me growing up, even though it's probably not appropriate to do so when you're like seven or eight years old. Um... I'm always going to remember him as carrying me on his back. Computer's turning on. As carrying me on his back. And taking me to Busch Gardens and Disney World. And... I'm always going to remember that. But unfortunately for me, I'm always going to remember the pain and there will be times where I will just be going about my day and I'll just get a flashback, a memory of something he, he did or he said to me in a given moment. I also harbor a lot of resentment for my mom because she didn't make the choice to leave. And now she's here, and she's handicapped, and she needs him. (sighs) I got real personal on this podcast. Um... I'm a little uncomfortable with how personal. But at the same time, I just feel like it it needs to be done. I want to help people. And we talked a lot about men and mental health issues. Well, this is a woman right here. And these are the issues that I have faced. And this is what I've had to overcome. What I'm still overcoming every single day. <laughs> I'm trying to load up this song before this episode is over there's a part of me that always wonders what would have happened if I had grown up in a different family and a you know well adjusted household with parents that actually validated my feelings and listened to my concerns and hugged me and told me everything was gonna be okay. And I don't know how I would have turned out under those circumstances, but I know that I am largely who I am today because of my resiliency and my ability to turn every ugly thing that happened to me into a driving force for positivity and good. I really am that person that would never intentionally hurt anyone and the few times I have hurt people inadvertently, I feel terrible, terrible. I'm that person that will love you no matter what happens between us. I'll always cheer for you. People have asked me before, how come you never talk bad about any of your ex-boyfriends? Because I cared about them at one point. That's why. And even though things may have happened, I cared about them. And I invested in that. And I want them to be happy. I want them to succeed. I want them to do well. I truly do not wish anyone any harm or any negativity. Not to mention that my dad has always discouraged me from getting close to my sister's. I think he's afraid of me learning about all the ways in which he mistreated their mother. I'm sure that what she experienced is not much different than what my mom experienced. I feel for her. I'm trying to find this song. Okay. I found it. I'm going to try to sing it. Don't judge me because it's not going to be very good.
1: judge me like i said dear young me i cannot decide do i give some speech about how to make the most out of your life do i go deep and try to change the choices that you'll make because they're the choices that made me Even though I love this crazy life Sometimes I wish it was a smooth ride Dear young me Dear young me Every mountain, every valley, through each heartache you will see, every moment brings you closer to who you are meant to be, dear younger me, dear younger me,
0: that was probably really bad. I did not exercise my voice before that, but this is the end of my episode. I really hope that uh, some of this was helpful in some way to some of you, inspiring in some way, or at the very least relatable, and just pray for me. Keep praying for me. Keep cheering me on. Keep rooting for me. That's all that uh, anyone can control doing and I would greatly appreciate all of that love and all of that support throughout my journey. So
1: until next time.